to the Beauty of Breakfast podcast, episode two. My name is Drew. And I'm Jake. Jake, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm surviving. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a very odd, <laughs> strange Super time. Super odd week. <laughs> I mean, I went into work and I was the only one in to work Tuesday and Wednesday. Wow. And it was very lonely. I can, I can imagine. You know, we, uh, I work for the YMCA and we shut down as of Wednesday, but... I was still going in uh, throughout the week, but it just felt very eerie to be in there and not have members there and not have a lot of activity, a lot of people, um, you know, walking through and and just chit-chatting and having conversations. So it was really strange. And yesterday was really my first day of like true isolation where I didn't go out, I didn't do anything. And about five o'clock p.m., I started to just go a little insane. So. Yep. <laughs> We've we've watched a lot of Disney Plus, a lot yes. of Hulu, yes. and a lot of Netflix. Mm-hmm. But it's just eerie. Like Tuesday, Wednesday, driving into work, there mm-hmm. was I was one of like eight cars on the road. Yeah, I was like, well, I have to go in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if not, I may not have a job. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just been unprecedented and. You know, just I'm trying to find things to do and mm-hmm. trying to find ways to keep myself occupied. And uh, I'm, I'm starting to run out of ideals already. <laughs> but I, I will say I've told myself that I'm going to do a number of things. I'm going to get in great shape. I did 10 push-ups yesterday. So Woo! well on my way. <laughs> well on my way last week. <laughs> yeah, 10 more than the last like three months. So well on my way. Told myself I'm going to read more. I have not done any of that yet. Uh, I have been reading a lot. I've uh, the first day of quarantine of for my job. I think I read a hundred pages in wow. like an hour, and I was like, I haven't done this since like high school. <laughs> <laughs> and we're doing things that we never thought we would do ever again. So this is just how uh, unusual this time is. Um, but I'm glad to be here with you. We are keeping our distance, so, so yep. don't worry. We are uh, practicing our social distancing, and we are, you know, being clean and, and sanitary, and uh, you know, doing our best to make sure that we are being safe. So mm-hmm. it is just nice to have other people to talk to and, and be around uh, with certain restrictions. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to having a, another conversation with you today about just life and. And different things. Um, so before we get into that, Jacob, what was for breakfast? Uh, we had some pancakes and bacon that were much needed. Yes. Because <laughs> after having some cereal a lot, mm-hmm. because I was trying to not go crazy with, hey, I'm home, I can cook things. <laughs> <Yes>. So <laughs> try to be, you know, conscious about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually... Not going overboard. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's another thing I told myself I'm going to do in this time is I'm going to become a really good cook. Uh, I once said to people that I love to cook for people, and I got laughed at and ridiculed and made fun of. Um, so not this is my t- no, no, not definitely no. not. So this is my time to really practice and and come up with some good meals that I can actually make for other people. 
Um, You've made two good meals last that's, past two Sundays. That's true. Thank you. I needed to hear that. So I can I know how to cook bacon <laughs> and eggs, and that's that's honestly about it. So this is my time to get in the kitchen and make some things that you know I've never tried before. So, but I also have to try and ration out all of my food <laughs> so I don't eat it all at once. And that's it's gonna be hard for you. It's gonna be the tough part not eating all of my food. We did one last two days. Yeah, we did one last shopping run before. It's the mandated shutdown or whatever mm-hmm. Monday. So mm-hmm. we got quite a lot of food to sustain us for a while so that we don't have to go out. Yes. <laughs> it's hard. Because yeah. <laughs> I am definitely one of those people. I eat when I'm bored. And it's safe to say the boredom is kicking in. I got my father's jeans and I like to go to the grocery store at least three times a week, <laughs> if not more. I just kind of cook whatever I feel like I want that night, so it was really hard to do a whole week's worth of shopping in one day. See, I, I usually go at least two weeks between. Yeah. I try I to at least. But I, I have a cycle where I, I'll get all healthy food with the intention of you know not eating poorly and you know, eat clean, and, and then I, I get through a little bit of it after a few days, and then I'm like, you know what, I don't really want to eat any of this healthy food that I bought. And then it goes bad as Matt holds up my bananas that have <laughs> gone bad. Um, and then I start to eat out. That's true. Okay. Well, I don't know how to make banana bread, so I guess I'll be learning. <laughs> so, and then I start to eat out and eat you know, fast food and junk food. And then I'm like, no, I have to eat better. And then I go to the grocery store, I get all good food, and then it's just a cycle. So this might be what it takes to kick me out of that cycle and actually start to eat a little bit better. So I'm, I'm trying to I was trying to cook through a cookbook I got for Christmas. I don't know if that's going to happen since I can't go out and buy stuff <laughs> oh, on the whim. Yeah. So we will see. I'm gonna mm-hmm. try to cook a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pancake recipe uh, comes from that. Uh, it's a Babish cookbook. Oh. So I know we've talked about doing the psych episode. Yes. Quattro's quesos dos fritos. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> for those of you unaware, Psych is one of the absolute best shows that you'll ever watch. One of Jacob and I's absolute favorite uh, TV series. So you got to check it out because uh, we will likely have an episode probably about Psych. So I mean, most likely yes. if we have enough viewers that actually can or have watched Psych, we will. Consider yeah, this your your homework for your quarantine. So on Amazon Go Prime. watch Psych. <laughs> Amazon Prime people. So I'll find a way. But our actual episode this week is going to be over rejection. Mm-hmm. It's a topic that you were actually going to give a talk this week about, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to know how this that came about and uh, how you chose that topic. Sure. Yeah. So, like you said, this weekend was supposed to be retreats for my church's youth group that I was going to go on. And I was, as I was trying to think of topics to, to share and discuss, um, that idea of rejection just kept coming to mind, especially since the theme of the retreat was enough. And just, I feel like rejection kind of goes hand in hand with that, where when we do deal with rejection, we have this feeling that we're not good enough or that we're lacking in some way. Um, and I think it, it kind of fits in with what we want this podcast to be, where we talk about the beauty of certain things that might be a little, you know, a little subtle, a little mm-hmm. less obvious. 
Um, and, you know, you might be sitting here wondering, like, how, how is rejection a good thing? How is yeah. there beauty in rejection? How is that a positive thing? Um, but as I was preparing to give this talk, I just had some personal stories that I was going to, uh, to share about. So um, if that's okay with you. I'd love to just talk about rejection and some of those stories and of course. Um, just talk about some of the things I've learned through that. Um, uh, I just I think the, the topic of rejection is very fascinating to see what stories really stand out because we've all dealt with it in some way. Um, and I remember the first, probably not the first time I was rejected, but the first one that comes to mind was when I moved from Springfield to St. Charles and I went to join the Boy Scouts at my school, and I might be misremembering it a little bit, but from what I recall, they just didn't have enough room, and you know that that kind of hurt a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. because Cub Scouts was a hugely important part of my life, you know, at my old school, and that's where I made all of my best friends, and I was really excited to be, you know, joining this group, and you know, this was going to be my way to get to know my classmates and and to start to feel like I belong somewhere. Um, and so to be told that I was one too many to have, you know, kind of hurt. And I didn't really process it at the time as far as like, you know, logistically, it just might not make sense. You know, I, I've come to learn sometimes our limits to how many people can be and, and something like that. But um, that was the first kind of rejection that really stands out. Um, and as I've gotten older, you know, rejection has been a part of my life. So, um and one of the things I want to talk about is in that moment of rejection, it stings. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a fun feeling. It's not, um, it just doesn't feel good to be told, like, sorry, we don't want you or you're just not good enough. Um, and we deal with rejection in all sorts of different ways, whether it be, you know, in a relationship or you go to ask a girl out and, you know, you get denied or you apply for a job or interview for a job and you don't end up getting it. Um, or maybe it's, you know, the school that you want to go to and you don't get that acceptance letter that you mm -hmm. are hoping for. Um, so that kind of leads me to some of these examples that I wanted to, to talk about and, and share and kind of some of the lessons that I've learned through that rejection. Um, one of the ones that comes to mind is when I tried out for the JV basketball team. Um, I kind of had this sense that I wasn't going to make the team when I was trying out. Um, and so I went through that whole week of tryouts, just having these doubts and, um, you know, concerns about whether or not I'd actually be good enough to make it. Um, but right there alongside me, was my friend Christian. Um, he and I kind of had this similar mentality of like, you know, we're probably not going to make the team, but we're going to go through this together. And, um, and we get to the end of tryouts, and sure enough, neither of us made the team, and it stung. You know, it, it kind of hurt to be told, even though I expected it, that no, your your skills just aren't good enough to make the team. We're gonna have to let you go. Um, and it wasn't until kind of after the fact that I realized how much of a blessing that was, because um, after Christian and I both got cut, we we wound up hanging out like every day after school. We really bonded over that shared experience. And if neither one of us, if one of us had made the team and the other didn't, that friendship wouldn't have grown as much. Um, and also kind of makes me think of what led up to that rejection. Um, that summer right before I had broken my ankle playing baseball, 
and it's a championship game, so that was not fun. I was, I was trying to steal second base, and I slid in wrong and broke my ankle in the first inning of the game. <laughs> Left it all out there. I did. That's right. I read. That's right. Um, and so... The biggest I, question is, though, oh, yes. did you get the bag? Oh, I did. Okay. Oh. It was. This was like the <laughs> highest level of baseball out there. This was City League Baseball, where... No, it was just the lowest level of competition there could be. <laughs> Did you finish the game? No. I, did you not hear the part where I broke my ankle? <laughs> I would have finished. <laughs> okay. okay. Break your ankle. Um, and so I wanted to start to get in shape for basketball tryouts, and so I joined the cross-country team. Um, and that's when I started to get to know some of my best friends, um, aside from Matt. Um, but Christian was also on the cross-country team, and that's where we started to kind of get to know each other a little bit. And we that helped us as we went into those that week of tryouts, um, you know, having that that background with each other and that familiarity and that comfort um, helped our friendship grow. But one of the things that um, I want to touch on is the fact that even when we feel rejection is imminent, when we feel like, you know what, we're probably not going to succeed, not having that fear dictate anything, you know, not letting that fear prevent us. Because I could have very easily said, you know what, I'm probably not going to make the team. I don't like my chances. So why even bother joining cross country? Mm-hmm. Why even bother doing something that won't even make a difference? Because if I had let that fear get in the way, I wouldn't have met all these other people through cross country and I wouldn't have become as close to friends with Christian. Um, and so that rejection was a good thing in my mind. Uh, you know, at the time, again, it, it didn't feel very good, but uh, it allowed me to really form this bond with somebody that became one of my absolute best friends through the remainder of high school. So. And I know it was a joke on the show, but it always right, always reminds me of the office of the, you miss 100% of the shots <laughs> yeah. you take. And I know it was a joke, but it's it's also kind of true, not kind of, it is true that you know, you still have to go out. You still have to go try things that Absolutely. you might know that you can't get. But mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe you do land that job. Maybe that girl does say yes. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you do make that basketball team. Uh, and so I, you shouldn't be scared to do something just because you don't think you can't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because that, again, rejection is in our lives no matter what, whether we want it to be or not. Um, And so if we let that fear keep us from pursuing something, we're not going to accomplish anything. Like, yeah, we might get rejected in the process, but we need need rejection, Mm -hmm. Uh, as weird as that may sound. Because imagine a life where we got everything we wanted. might sound pretty nice, but... You know, I think it would just be chaos. You know, we need that control uh, to kind of keep us in place. Um, and that kind of leads me to another story in my life of, of rejection. This was in college. Um, we had a retreat called Awakenings. And one of the roles within that retreat was to be the like director of it. And that's something I wanted to do my senior year. So this was junior year of, of college, you know, we had to decide it, you know, that year before so that we had time to plan and prepare. And this was something I thought in my heart that I really wanted. Like, this is something I'm going to do. This is what I'm called to do. And 
you know, I didn't want anything less than that. And so I, you know, gave my pitch to all of my peers and, you know, kind of tried to promote, you know, why I thought I'd be a good fit for this. And also, it's just a weird thing to be judged by your peers <laughs> and give a pitch to them because these are like your best friends. Like these are the people that you, you spend all your time with that you trust and, you know, to feel that rejection coming from them is another thing entirely. And so I didn't want to deal with that rejection, obviously, like who would? Mm -hmm. And I ultimately did not get it. I wasn't chosen. And, you know, at the time I'm like, well, you know, what is there for me to do then? Like, I thought I gave it everything I could. You know, this is something I felt in my heart that I was meant to do. But if not for that experience, I wouldn't have wound up pursuing something other something else because at that time I just I didn't really see myself holding any type of leadership position within our uh, Catholic Newman Center you know, I was pretty content with just going with the flow and just kind of blending in but that uh, retreat position made me start to think differently it pushed me to start to envision you know maybe something more something that I'm capable of doing and Although I was rejected, I still had that newer sense of, all right, you know, I'm, I'm capable of doing something more and, you know, really taking a step up within this community. And as a result of that, I decided to run for council president for that following year. And it was one of those, I had never considered it before that, that time. And then, you know, kind of leading up to the, I don't want to say election, but <laughs> the, the process where, again, I had to interview with my peers and I had to be selected by my peers. I found myself like, all right, maybe this is what I really want. Like, this is something I could really see myself growing into. And, and lo and behold, I was chosen. And it was something that really helped me come out of my shell and, um, you know, helped me develop a lot of different skills like public speaking and running a meeting and, and planning events and stuff. And if not for that initial rejection, I never would have had that opportunity. Um, so just another example of how that rejection really helped me to grow and helped me to develop into something more. Just the whole premise of rejection, some things you have talked about just remind me of it again. That, uh, you're born with two strikes against you, so don't take the third one on your own. Of just <laughs> kind of going back, you miss the 100% of shots that you don't take. It's just... Yeah. Like you said, because you missed that uh, A-side mm -hmm. or Awakenings role, mm -hmm. you didn't let that affect you pursuing that mm -hmm. uh, presidential position that you yeah. ultimately wanted. Mm -hmm. And I know it may not have been in your thoughts while you were interviewing for the A-side job, mm -hmm. but in the back of your mind, you probably knew that, hey, that's something that I would like to do someday. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, obviously it's stung a little bit when you miss Awakenings uh, director, but like you said, you ultimately ended up with something that, like you said, helped you get out of your shell, made you a little more uh, confident. And I felt like the Newman Center in general just kind of loved having you being the face of Newman. Well, thank you. And I think it's kind of taught me just over the years that we may think there's something that we desire and something that we want, and there's no reason we shouldn't have it. And it's through that period of rejection that we come to that realization that, okay, you know what, maybe that wasn't the right fit. 
and it gets also about reasoning with within ourselves and you know again I, I mentioned at the beginning that the, re, the theme of the retreat I was supposed to be on this weekend is enough and that rejection when we're told no we I think inevitably just think you know okay there's something that I'm lacking there's something that's not good enough about me you know otherwise why wouldn't they have have chosen me but it's that hindsight you know that removal from that situation over time where we realize that maybe that situation wasn't good enough for me. You know, maybe that just wasn't the right fit for me. Maybe, you know, I'm not the one that's lacking something. You know, maybe there's just something even better for me on the horizon. Uh, which leads me to my uh, my last story that I'll share. Uh, this one was a little bit more recently. This was uh, almost a year ago uh, to last spring. I was a little frustrated with my job at the time and, and just really feeling a lack of fulfillment, looking for something more, um, just wasn't really seeing a long-term future there. And there happened to be an opening at my alma mater, my old high school, good old Duchenne. Duchenne, <laughs> pioneers! And uh, one of the things that I'd been thinking about doing was something in ministry. You know, that's been a huge part of my life just, you know, since I was in high school and um, you know, something I thought I had a good skill at, you know, as far as connecting with people through through ministry. And so they happen to have the campus minister job open, which I found out about from Matt's mom, as a matter of fact, because <laughs> she works there. And the more I thought about it leading up to it, the more confident I felt. Like, okay, you know, I have the hands-on experience, I feel like, doing this kind of thing. And I have a lot of connections there. I know a lot of the staff because they're some of my old teachers and I happen to know some of the students and, you know, I, I, I just felt like it was the perfect fit. Like it, it came at the right time when I was, you know, feeling this lack of long-term fulfillment in my current position. And, you know, I just, I knew going into it, I had a pretty good shot. Um, but the one thing that I didn't have that I was lacking where I felt like maybe I'm not good enough is that formal like background education in like theology and, and ministry. You know, I didn't go to school for it. I'm to school for yeah. sports management <laughs> and psychology. Like it doesn't quite fit in perfectly. And um, but you know, I wasn't gonna let that deter me from from pursuing it. And I went through the interview process, felt pretty good, and was expecting an answer within a couple days and that turned into like a week, which felt like an eternity because when you're expecting to hear back on something like that, you're just like on pins and needles because you know, this is going to determine your your future. Like this is going to determine your livelihood and your your situation in life. And you know, so there's a lot writing on it. But with each passing day, the less confident I felt mm-hmm. because again, like I said, I, I knew I was lacking in a big area without having that that background. So I ultimately did get the call and was told we're going with somebody else. And they assured me that, you know what, we were really impressed with you and, you know, we thought you would have been a really good fit, but, um, you know, the other person has a theology background. So it was that one thing that I knew was going to hold me back from it that kept me from, from landing that position. And even having that knowledge that this could be the thing that keeps me from attaining this job you know, didn't take that, that sting away, didn't take that pain away. So I was back to my job where I just wasn't all that happy and, you know, was feeling a little bit stuck. Um, but then within a few months of that, 
things started to really turn around because I, months and months before that had even happened, had applied to go on a trip to London through the YMCA. And, you know, it was to be this big uh, international conference with people from all over the world coming together, people from YMCA's all over the world coming to celebrate, you know, the 175th anniversary. And for the longest time, I was just like, okay, yeah, that, that's there. Like, you know, if I don't, if I get another job before then, like, that's fine. I'll be okay. And, you know, I'll move on. Um, but after that rejection of that job at Duchenne, I said, well, I guess I'm going to London because <laughs> I don't see myself getting another job within the next few months. And so I, I ended up going to London and it was honestly such a life-changing experience because it, first of all, just gave me a renewed appreciation for what I do mm-hmm. and for the people that I get to work with and our mission as an organization. And it was also on the trip that I got to talking with a lot of other people within my association here in St. Louis about you know, what is it that we want to do? What is it that, you know, we want our careers to become? And it was when I realized, you know, I, some way or another, I want to work with teens. And that's just a group that I feel I can really connect with and, and help, especially after that, that experience. So then fast forward a couple months, there happened to be a position open at a different YMCA to be the youth and teen director. And, um, I knew a few of the people there pretty well that, you know, told me about the position and, the the community there and I was like you know what I'm gonna go for it so fast forward to now I've now been <laughs> in that position at the South City YMCA for about five or six months now and it's just been truly yeah, amazing yeah it's crazy how quickly <laughs> time flies like I feel like I just started there but I also feel like I've been there for years it's weird um, but again if not for that initial rejection at the Duchenne job I wouldn't be where I am now and you know, I, I try to remind myself now, like within the moment, okay, this might not be the news I want to hear now, but this can, that just might mean that something better is right around the corner. Yeah. And you know, it's all about maintaining that perspective. I mean, uh, like you said, something better can come of being rejected. Like you were saying, it's how everyone should go into, you know, situations where you uh, strike out it doesn't mean that it's the end. Mm-hmm. I've played baseball all the way up through college and I've been cut from many teams. You know, now I'm working in baseball and mm-hmm. all that time, even though I wasn't making some teams, but I was uh, playing at the highest level I possibly could. It made me learn, you know, things that I'm using today in the uh, baseball world that I'm working in. That's the other thing, you know, take little lessons that uh, you might learn from rejection and apply it to, you know, if you apply for a job and they tell you it's theology, um, maybe that's something that you can work on and Mm -hmm. there might be a better job that, you know, a year down the line, you've been studying theology for uh, that much time and... Mm -hmm you actually do have a background in it or maybe not a, you know, degree or anything, but you Mm -hmm. can show that, Hey, I know this a little better. And, uh, I know ever since, uh, my college days, if I interview for a job and I don't get it, I've been very conscious of emailing them back or Mm -hmm. talking with them of, 
hey, what can I do better? Like, why mm-hmm. didn't I get that job? Why didn't I, uh, like, why did they get that job over me? And usually they're pretty, you know, forthcoming with, hey, it's, you don't have a theology background, mm-hmm. or, hey, work on this or that, mm-hmm. and they're, you know, it helps you uh, plan a little better for the next time. Mm-hmm. And I know I went out to the uh, a conference out in, Las Vegas a couple years ago interviewed for about 30 teams <laughs> didn't get any of them uh, may have been a little more uh, kind of loftier goals for mm-hmm. the jobs I was applying for still being in college at the time and a lot of them just said come back when you're out of college mm-hmm. and I ended up with a job that uh, I don't think I would have traded for any of them uh, being able to work alongside a commissioner and deputy commissioner of a whole baseball league mm-hmm. and learned a lot. And I don't think I would have gotten that from a, uh, you know, intern position mm-hmm. down in Florida. Um, instead, I got to stay here, spend time with you guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not have to be, you know, eight hours from mm-hmm. everyone. Mm-hmm. So everything works out. Every, yeah. You know, the, I always feel like there is a plan. There is, even though you may not like it, there's mm-hmm. something in the works. Absolutely. So. And that makes me want to circle back to that, again, that idea of fear and not letting that fear dictate our pursuit of something out of fear of rejection. Because if we let that fear hold us back, it, it can be crippling. Because yeah. then we do stay in place. We don't take those chances um, and that reminds me of a quote from a book that I really enjoy. It's called, the book is Dangerous Wonder, and the tagline for it is, jump first, fear later. So if there is an opportunity ahead of you, you know, instead of thinking, all right, well, what if I get turned down? What if it's not good enough? What if I screw up? And, you know, I have to deal with that pain of, you know, not getting what I desire. Well, why even bother? But instead, you know, just go for it. Because as much of a long shot as it may seem, you know, maybe it is like pitching an idea to your boss. Maybe it's like, hey, I have this pretty crazy, like, <laughs> thing in mind. Like, I don't know if it's going to work out, but, you know, we should try it. Or maybe it is, you know, going to ask that one person out, that crush that you've had for a long time. And maybe it is applying to that job that you don't feel like you have the qualifications for. You know, it can, you know in many cases, it's easier to just sit there and be like, you know what, I'm not... It's not worth going through that. It's not worth the effort. It's not worth the potential pain of that rejection. But no, just go for it. Just do it. And keeping in mind through that process, that rejection can teach you a lot. It can make it more clear, like, you know what? This actually isn't the direction I want to go. You know, maybe you apply for a job and you don't get it. And you're like, you know what? I'm actually really glad I didn't get that job. Like, that would have been awful. Or maybe there's a school that you want to go to, like, you don't get in. Right. Well, maybe that's you know, something I need to keep in mind going forward. Um, so there is a lot of beauty in rejection. because mm-hmm. um, it, it can teach us a lot about what we truly want. Um, when push comes to shove, like, is this actually something that I desire? Or is it just something in this moment that I think is a good fit for me? Um, and it, it puts a lot of things in perspective and reminds us, too, that um, you know, there is something greater out there for us. It just might not be that thing that's right in front of us. It might just be right on the other side. 
And I feel like, like you were saying, that fear of rejection, you, you can tell when I really want some, it makes me work harder mm-hmm. because I don't want to be rejected. Mm-hmm. I don't, I want to at least put everything I have out there. Mm-hmm. I want to go through the job interview <laughs> or that pitch to my boss. Mm-hmm. I, I put a lot more effort into that. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, you know, I've, I've definitely seen since I've realized, you know, uh, going through job interviews, mm-hmm. you know, there's always those jobs that uh, you you want a little more. Mm-hmm. There's always that job that you're like, I'm perfect for this. Yeah. I need to make sure that they know that I'm perfect for this. Yeah. And I, you know, you do a little more research. You put a little more effort in, or work into your resume. Um, you just do that extra little step and it's poured over into everything that you do yeah. and kind of became a habit now of, okay, I'm, I need to do this. I, or I want to pitch this business plan mm-hmm. or do this interview. And it's okay. I need to take uh, this much time to do everything that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's asking a girl to prom, uh, asking my wife, if I can have a puppy, <laughs> <laughs> she better say yes. Uh, she has in her own way. <laughs> so, it, you know, you just put a little more effort and a little more uh, thought into mm-hmm. your pitch, yeah. into your uh, work eth- ethics and uh, stuff like that. It's kind of poured over into everyday life now. Because yeah. Yeah. sometimes it's that journey through that process that is what you really learn from. Like, again, when I was cut from the JV team, you know, what led me to that point was I joined cross country and I ended up doing that the rest of high school. Like that was, you know, my favorite, you know, community, my favorite thing at high in high school. And, you know, if I had not even pursued the team, I would have never gone through that. And yeah, like I didn't ultimately get what I thought I desired, but I got something even greater out of it. Like you said, if you are pitching a big idea at work or you're wanting to apply for this job, you know, if you approach it with that positive attitude of like, all right, I might not get this thing that I desire, but I'm going to give it everything I got. And you develop those good habits and those, um, that good work ethic. And yeah, you may not get that job in the meantime, but that prepares you so much better in the long run Mm -hmm. and, you know, not letting that complacency set in. And again, I think that's where that jump first fear later really comes into mind is, you know, I could just sit back and you know what? It's not worth it. I'm content. You know, I I don't want to go through that whole process, but sometimes you have to really push yourself. Yeah. uh, I mean, uh, the jump first fear later is definitely something I've never read the book, but I just, I'm like, that's how I live sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm a very, not very, I'm an impulsive person. (laughs) I mean, I left for a job in Colorado within 48 hours of applying for the job. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, at the time I was still in Missouri. Mm-hmm. It was quick turnaround, but so worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I was, I accepted the job and then about six hours later, I was like, what the heck did I Why? just do? <laughs> what am I doing? But you know, it was completely worth it. Uh, 
you know, I've learned a lot through that 48 mm. hours even. Oh, just, yeah. you know, I didn't even know exactly what I was going to be doing at mm-hmm. that job, but it was uh, one of my, the, one of the best experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's many other things I was just proposing to my now wife was just kind of an impulse. She won tickets mm-hmm. to New York and a month later I was catching a plane with a ring in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this, I mean, how can this not be a good time to do this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I planned on doing it, but it was just kind of, Hey, why not now? Yeah. yeah. You know, there's, there's never a time that you should think I can't do this now because it's mm-hmm. not the right time. Right. Um, it, it's just kind of, uh, I, like I said, very impulsive sometimes. That's <laughs> why I go to the grocery three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> I need this now. <laughs> just like, I kind of want poutine tonight. Yeah. Let's, let's make that. So, yeah. Like I said, very impulsive, mm-hmm. but I know I've you guys keep me grounded sometimes. My wife definitely does. <laughs> like I said, if she wasn't in my life, I'd probably have a dog about a month ago. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> probably might not. So she's the... rejecting you having a dog. Yeah, there's something to learn from this. <laughs> that is, what is it that, that you need true. to work on to get the dog? Probably the fact that our apartment still is not unpacked from our wedding well, there because we just keep there's your motivation right there <laughs> we just keep getting putting more and more stuff in our apartment um, and i just we need to i need to uh do a little better job of putting stuff away so we have room for a pet <laughs> so maybe that's on the docket to there this afternoon better <laughs> time than now right so one other random thing i wanted to kind of throw out there is the fact that there are two sides to rejection you know, it's one thing to be on the receiving end of that and you know, be told, like, you know what, I'm not good enough. But sometimes we have to be the rejector, right, um, whether we want to or not. I know that's something I struggle with because I like to be a yes man. I like to, I'm a people pleaser. I like to make people happy. And, you know, I don't want to ever tell anyone, like, mm, no, sorry, you're just not good enough for this. But sometimes it's necessary. And um, I think it's about maintaining that perspective of, as long as you're specific in your rejection, like, all right, you know, we're not choosing you because of this. Like, this is something you can work on. Like, when I was told I didn't get the job at Duchenne, it wasn't just like, nope, sorry, we're going with someone else. Like, they gave me some concrete things that, okay, we didn't choose you because you're lacking in this area. It's not that you're not good enough. It's just that, you know, there's something that you could work on. And, you know, I can't say I have any specific rejection stories in which I had to tell somebody that, but, you know, as I grow as a supervisor, and, you know, go through life having people, you know, that I, that work for me, you know, would be, that's important for me to keep in mind is, you know, sometimes they may not be doing what they need to do. And I, it's on me as a supervisor to tell them, you know, you need to fix this or sorry, we aren't accepting you because of this reason. And, you know, remembering you know, their story is also not completely finished yet. You know, maybe my rejection to them is, you know, just a stepping stone to something greater. Just a random little thought I had. <laughs> and it kind of brings it back to that point we talked about earlier. If everyone gets what they desire, like, the world would not function. 
like we need that rejection to be kind of like that check and balance system to kind of you know, remind us that you know maybe there's something better for us and if we all just got the first job that we applied to like you know we'd be you know i, I just it's hard to put into words we'd but, all be millionaires yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true yeah but you know maybe if everyone was a millionaire that wouldn't be that awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more money, more problems, right? Exactly. In the words of Michael Scott. <laughs> what is it, uh, Bruce Almighty, where he just makes everyone's yeah. wish come true? Exactly. About, yeah. Uh, winning the Great lottery. Reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we watch a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can expect at least from this point forward at least one Office reference. Or Parks and Rec. Yeah. Or Parks and Rec. Um, we got to try and work. Yeah, we got to try and work those ones too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Some Star Wars. Oh yeah. So, I, that is to me the beauty of rejection. Uh, something that we we don't like, but that we need. And when you really sit down and, and look at it, you you recognize how necessary it is and how many good things ultimately come from a rejection. It's a word that you know doesn't always come with a positive mindset mm-hmm. like when you hear the word rejection you don't instantly think of the good things you instantly think of it has a negative connotation to mm-hmm. it but there are everything kind of has a little beauty a little silver lining uh including rejection mm-hmm. and i think that's what we've kind of learned throughout our short lives mm-hmm. but it's it's true mm-hmm. So this is one of the more serious topics that Jake and I will, will talk about. So we promise not every single one is going to be this, I don't want to say heavy, because it wasn't, yeah. it's not heavy, but um, you know this type of tone. We want to have some more upbeat and fun episodes as well going forward, but um, thank you for listening in and uh, hearing about our uh, stories of rejection and kind of some of the lessons we've learned so going forward, if you ever have any ideas for something that you would like Jake and I to talk about, feel free to share that with us. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, to search The Beauty of Breakfast. And uh, where can people find us to listen? On Anchor, mm-hmm. as well as Spotify. I think Apple Podcasts. Yes, Apple Podcasts. So there's ways. There are yes. so many ways we'll for you to, to find us and, and listen uh, we'll have a link in all of our social media of where you can find us. Yes. So, any last thoughts before we sign off? I think I'm all storied out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we will have more to talk about next week. Uh, so, again, give us a like and a follow on, on social media and get a little sneak peek in, into what it is that we're going to talk about each week. Uh, probably every Wednesday or so, uh, we'll kind of send out a little teaser just with a little heads up on what the following week's topic will be. So.